Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Heather Knight, and welcome to our Running in San Francisco episode. I am running the harrowing Dipsy race this weekend from Mill Valley to Stinson Beach. Have you pre-written my eulogy? (laughs) It'll be very lovely, and um, it'll honor you. Yeah, it's pre-written. Are you going to make fun of me in the eulogy as much as you do on this podcast, or will will it be like the thing where you say a few funny things but then get serious? Have, Have you mapped it out? Um, it'll probably be a praise sandwich where you start with the lovely, sweet stuff, <laughs> then make a lot of fun of you, and then lovely and sweet again at the end. Okay, I like that. I will keep you on the list. I'll tell <laughs> Kelly, my wife, that you are uh, one of the speakers. You may be like the, the final speaker. Wow, I'm nice. honored. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get a good spot. Um, this is getting dark. <laughs> uh, we could talk about the Total SF succession plan if I don't make it back another time. <laughs> Tony Bravo, get ready. <laughs> running, you hate running, but I could tell you were having fun during this episode because we got to talk to Patty O'Leary, uh, ultra runner, second place finisher in last year's Dipsy race, and someone who genuinely loves San Francisco. Yeah, he was a lot of fun to talk to, and we got along despite our very oppositional views of running. My life for the past two months has been chronicle reporting and trail race training, and I'm learning that the running community is very total SF. Patty produced, I think I mentioned during the episode that he directed it, but he produced this wonderful video called Urban Oasis, A Love Letter to San Francisco. Everybody should look it up. It's on Vimeo. It's free. And it's just this video of people running around these beautiful landmarks of San Francisco. And the sights and the sounds are amazing. Did you enjoy it? And did it get you a little closer to becoming a runner? Yes and no. I enjoyed the lovely scenes, particularly, of course, the F car scene where somebody runs past the F car. But it did not make me want to run. Well, one thing I thought was really interesting about the Dipsy that I didn't know before we talked to Patty was the way the start times are staggered by age and other factors. And so you have a real shot, Peter Hartlob. (laughs) I have a shot at finishing. That's my goal. Um, Yeah, I mean, I get a six-minute head start, and one of the fantastic parts of this is Patty's a lot younger than I am, And he will probably pass me at some point on his way to um, greatness. We actually talk about it in this episode. He gave me an Irish cheer to yell to support him, but I know I'm going to forget it and just yell a U2 lyric. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be too embarrassing. What what should I do? Um, uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Patty, it's a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. I'm going to do something super embarrassing out on that Dipsy Trail. 
Um, well, we talk with Patty a lot about San Francisco, about running. Is San Francisco a good running city? We talk about some underrated places to run. And just in case you change your mind, Heather, he gives some tips for beginners who just want to start out running some great places to go. So um, you should listen to this episode and, and rethink your anti-running stance. Are you going to come home from the Dipsy and turn on Star Trek Four? What? No, I won't. That would be the world's worst day. That would be the wor- no. Uh, I don't plan to watch. I, I plan to finish the Dipsy. Uh, give my son a hug. He's running it with me. Scrub myself for most of the rest of the day with poison oak remover, oil remover, and then drink beer. That is my day. The beer part sounds good. It is locked in. (laughs) I'm Peter Hartlove here with Heather Knight, who will start the GoFundMe for my kids if I don't make it back. (laughs) And this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Patty O'Leary, welcome to Total SF. I believe this is the earliest we've gotten up to record a podcast. Are you an early riser? Uh, it used to be more so, but uh, I seem to be earlier than you guys, which is uh, <laughs> which is unexpected. 8 a.m., not terribly early. I am an early riser. The last two mornings, actually Wednesday morning, I got up at 5 to go run up. We're sitting here in uh, the Presidio. We can't see Mantam because of the fog. But I was up Mount Tam at like 6 o'clock Wednesday morning, so I guess oh I am God. an early riser. It's my long-winded answer. That's super impressive. Uh, we party hard at the Chronicle. Yeah, I'm in bed by <laughs> night. Stay up late. Uh, so I'm running the Dipsy race on June 11th, three days after this podcast comes out. You came in second place in Dipsy last year. I have not run longer than a 5K competitively since 1989. Is that, is that before you were born? I was 87. Yeah. Can you give me reasons why this is not a horrible mistake? Oh, it is a horrible mistake. It's a horrible mistake for everyone who lines up to this race. It's <laughs> absolute It's absolute carnage. Oh but my it's God. the best possible type of carnage one can be part of. It's one of the most enjoyable experiences I've ever participated in. Is there a literal in. carnage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be running past dead bodies. Ah, that's a, the extreme scale of carnage. <laughs> there's got to be there's a lot of poison oak. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be carnage a couple of days afterwards. There's a lot of, uh, there's definitely a couple of falls, a lot of trips, the shortcuts, the, there's wow, some roots and rocks. Wow, this is sounding amazing, Peter. Um, there but might be blood. Barry, there might be blood. Barry Spitz. Isn't that the name of a movie? It is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling better, by the way. <laughs> Barry Spitz told me there was a year where three different people were airlifted out yeah. by helicopter. Oh my God, <laughs> why like, are you doing no. this? I don't know. You should have talked me out of it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm signed up. My son and I are doing it, so... Uh, well, this is like the worst fit of a topic for me because I hate running and I'm just going to be mocking it the entire episode. But what is your running origin story and did you always like it? So I grew up, my dad was big into running. So I grew up doing a little bit of it when I was in, a, when I was in school. But actually, no, I, team sports was my, was my jam. Hurling and, and Gaelic football, two Irish sports. And then in college, I played lacrosse actually for, for many years. I only really came back to running when I moved to San Francisco. Uh, so it was like 2014, 2013, 2014 when I moved here. I joined this running group in San Francisco called the November Project. And then through that, I started running on the stairs and hills and trails of San Francisco. And I realized, oh, 
I'm decent enough at this. Uh, so then I went across the bridge and started joining the running group San Francisco Running Company. Have a, this Saturday morning run group. Started joining them, running the trails in Marin, and I just fell in love with the sport and where the sport can bring you. Um, then the last eight years, I've just been yeah, flying around the trails, competing internationally. I run with the North Faces athlete team, which has been fun. I run with the Irish national team, so a couple of world championships in all different distances of trail running. Uh, it ended up being quite a steep trajectory. From someone who didn't really what care made you for love it so much right off the bat? What about this city made you love running? Every street corner you go to in this city, every trail you go to, you turn a different direction, you see a different, unique view. Uh-huh. I love that. You I can love... do that walking, did you know that? <laughs> yeah, but you can do more of it when you're running. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in work at 9 o'clock and you want to go and see a load of views, running is a much more efficient way of doing it than walking. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to turn into, like, crossfire. <laughs> where. <laughs> Heather's like, well, you can walk it, too. <laughs> Let's be honest, though, with this, a lot of the sports, uh, the distances I do, most of it's walking. Oh. When you do ultramarathons, you're doing a lot of walking. Oh, I could do that, then. Yeah, I some, crawling, is, some crawling as well. Well, you often run in Ireland colors. How did you end up here in San Francisco? Uh, so I just finished my PhD in cancer biology back in Dublin. And I was looking for it to move to the US, kind of, because the science was better over here, but also I wanted to move here to play more lacrosse. And I was walking down the corridor in my, the Conway Institute back in Dublin, and I saw this post, this A, A4 sheet of paper, picture of the Golden Gate Bridge, and then this researcher over here at UCSF, Martin McMahon, a Scottish man, he uh, was like looking for postdocs over here, here. And I didn't know anything about San Francisco. I'd seen the movie The Rock, and that was about it. But then. Yeah, I ended up walking into my boss. And I was like, "Hey, do you know anything about this group in San Francisco?" And it ends up he w- he was good friends with, or he knew he'd been emailing the uh, the person who was hiring on the role. Got introduced to him, and he was like, "Offered me a job in San Francisco," and I was like, okay, "Let's go!" And ended up moving over here in 2013, and just fell in love with the place immediately. What did you know about San Francisco before you got here, and then what did you think of it upon arrival? I knew about Alcatraz because of the rock, the aforementioned rock. Yeah. Uh, I knew very little about it. I remember when I when I got offered the job, the first thing I did was Google like food of San Francisco, and I went and made myself some breakfast burritos that that, <laughs> that afternoon or that morning in back in Dublin. Um, I had a good friend from my lacrosse team, from the Irish lacrosse team, Jerry Nevin. His uh, his grandmother was Irish woman who moved here, Cork woman. Um, he was living here, and he gave me a lot of advice about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another reason to move here. I had a good friend living here. But I knew very little about the city. I'd heard it was hilly. I knew there was a big bridge. <laughs> uh, that was it. But then once I moved here, I kind of made my mission to learn as much about it as quickly as I could. And then yeah. through running, I got to, I felt I got to know the city so quickly and got to know every corner. Now I know people who've been living here their whole lives. I'm like, oh, have you ever been to this, this area? Have you ever been to this street? Have you ever been to this view? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? I'm yeah. like, oh, it's a tiny <laughs> city and there's so much to see here, but just get out and explore it. Are there similarities between Ireland and San Francisco? Weather. The weather mm-hmm. this last spring i really enjoyed all of the rain i love it uh unpredictable summers in terms of weather is something that i, I vibe pretty well with so yeah. i recently moved to dinner richmond with my girlfriend and uh she hated me pulling her out of the mission <laughs> eleanor loved the sun and i loved going into the fog um so the weather is quite similar san francisco has a big irish presence as well it does yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's fun to see in front of you have a favorite of- irish pub here um, so I'll say two. There's one because since you moved from the mission, I love Casements Bar in uh, in the mission, but I don't get over there as much. Uh, so my local one, there's two. 
and um, we go to uh, the Scarlet Lounge, which we're not allowed to call it an Irish bar. I got told off by the the owner of that one day. She's like, "We're not an Irish bar. We're a lounge." <laughs> so sorry, sorry to her there. Uh, I love that place though. And then the Plow and the Stars uh-huh. on Clement do trad sessions. Since the pandemic, they moved them to Sunday afternoons. But on Sunday afternoons, they were doing outdoors during the farmers market. Now they're back indoors. They do a great traditional Irish music session. Oh, that'd which be fun to go to. Which is so fun to attend and, and see. Just like 20 people would just show up and just jam. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. we got to go there and yeah, record. Let's do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a podcast episode. Two o'clock on a, every Sunday. We had an accordion on last, just like one accordion yeah. player, and it just lit up the podcast. Just love an accordion, a fiddle, sometimes the Ilum pipes, oh which God. are the Irish bagpipes. Someone showed up with one of those. It's pretty cool. How much of your training do you do in the San Francisco city limits? Probably two-thirds. Aren't there challenges there? I mean, are there, you know, I just think of people getting hit all the time, the mm-hmm, cars. Mm-hmm. This is a really car-centric place, yeah. even though, you know, I wish it was less so. Yeah, I agree. Um, what, what are the challenges running in San Francisco? And, and then what are the pleasures that keep you doing it? So I, because I, I work over in Mission Bay, I live in the Richmond. Um, so I end up doing run commuting quite a bit as my training, just for time, like trying to balance a full-time job with trying to uh, balance training as a professional athlete. Um, I end up run commuting a lot, and there are challenges with the cars not obeying stop signs and things like that you have to have your wits about you a lot but then we do have tremendous resources for for running in the city as well like golden gate park and JF, jfk is such i only mo- i didn't appreciate what golden gate park was till i moved out beside it when i was living out in the in chinatown i used to run in barcadero the whole time and that was great um but golden gate park is what a tremendous resource we, we think have. it's the best urban park in the world yeah i i agree i agree phoenix park in dublin's pretty good too though so we'll have haven't to been to Ireland it's to, on yeah, my well, list have to go. Uh, Golden Gate Park is spectacular so just that as a resource is tremendous I'm fortunate I'm four blocks from Golden Gate Park and four blocks from uh, the Presidio Yeah. and the slow streets have improved that experience so much more like the slow street through the Presidio Lake Street Lake Street yeah, yeah. Um, that's made it a lot easier for people doing what we everyone should be doing get out and moving on their own feet or biking or playing with their kids on the street and um, there's a lot of things we grew up with which was safe back home in Ireland I could grow up like running around the roads and mm-hmm. streets and that was fine um, but yeah I would like I would love to see the city more more pedestrian friendly and biker friendly and movement friendly what you just said run commute yeah. you, you run commute give me some details there we I don't mean, have showers and work you don't have showers that yeah, was my next question yeah, so like so what are you doing you know Baby wipes go Baby along wipes. Really? <laughs> yeah, I hope my colleagues aren't listening to this. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of it would be run home. Yeah. Uh, I'll do that a lot more. Bike in, run home. We get the shuttle in, run home. What are some of your favorite routes? Like um, maybe underrated ones, things people don't know about. What are, what are some trails or paths in San Francisco that you really love that maybe are a little bit out, off the beaten path? So I do a great loop from, like a lot of people know Twin Peaks, a lot of people know Mount Sutro. Sutro's tremendous. Um, I'll run from across Golden Gate Park from the Richmond up through Sutro around Twin Peaks, but then I cut down to Laguna Honda, which a lot of people don't, rec- don't realize that there's a little park there be- beside the hospital. And SF Urban Riders is a non-profit of mountain bikers who have rebuilt a lot of trails in there. And they've made a tremendous trail network in there. So I just love dropping down through, uh, you drop down through the top of the park above the hospital. And then you get into this lower little valley, which runs along, I think, Clarendon, right over towards... Um, Forest Hill? Forest Hill, right towards Forest Hill. But there's this, uh, they call it Bedpan Alley, because it used to be a collection of bedpans right in the side of the trail. <laughs> but in there is such... A 
beautifully green, like it's a little of the far eucalyptus grove, but then there's the greenery in there. It's like you, and you're really removed from the city. You don't even realize you're in the city. I love that. Bedpan Alley. Uh, but, um, Another tip. In Laguna Honda. Laguna Honda is a great resource and huge kudos to SF Urban Riders who um, rebuilt a lot of that. And now they're working on a lot of trails in McLaren Park as well um, for mountain bikers, which is cool. I don't mountain bike, but I go run on their trails, which I really enjoy. Nice. We'll be right back after this short break. I, we had Luke Wicker on, who you were part of his project where he ran every everything, every hill in San Francisco in one day. In, insane and amazing. Bayview Park. Uh, yeah. He's the one who turned me on to Bayview yeah. Park, and I went there just to do hill repeats yeah. and kind of run around the top there. Yeah. There's a lot in kind of that southeastern corner Eastern. of the city that yeah. is good for running that I think people aren't even thinking yeah. about. That's been a really cool thing about um, the Crosstown Trail. Mm-hmm. They've set up the last two or three years um, from Candlestick Park over to Land's End. It brings you through all these lesser-known parts of the city and underappreciated parts of the city. Glen Canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't don't re- realize that. Or then, what's the name of the, the, the walkway? About two miles two miles into the Station Valley Greenway. Yeah. The series of parks and stairs. Yeah, those are really super, super cool. Um, I have done or dreamed of like a Crosstown extreme route where because Crosstown actually skips a lot of the hills which is probably good for access to more for more people to do it yeah but then I have a version where I'm just looping along that rough diagonal but doing all the hills oh at Bayview God. Hill the top of McLaren the top of Twin Peaks top of Mount Davidson all these so well um, Heather and I kind of argue about a few different things, but two of the centerpieces on the Mount Rushmore of things that we argue about are Star Trek Four. <laughs> I think it's a great movie. She doesn't like it. And running. She is anti-running. Like when we're doing a project, if there's jogging involved, there's going to be a negotiation. Maybe she's just not meant for running, but if you were to run across someone who is a beginner, where would you tell them to start running in the city? Where's the place where they're going to fall in love with it? It's got to be Golden Gate Park. Yeah. yeah, Golden Gate Park. Go run down. So when you have JFK, is a, you run down along the pedestrianized part of JFK and you get to beside Strawberry Hill and just there's a flat loop. There's several trails on Strawberry Hill. Yeah. And what's that? Is it Spreckles Lake? Stow Lake. Stow Lake. Stow Lake. Yeah. Um, that loop that goes around by the waterfall yeah. and by the little Padoga. I love walking that. that flat loop, walking it, running it, <laughs> crawling it whatever form, uh, form of uh, of, of um, transport you want that like just jogging around that is so cool because you see birds there's birds nesting in the lake there's beautiful flowers there's it's 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 a resource in the middle of a it plays a big city. role in um, Dave Egger's new book we had him on the podcast yeah. a couple weeks ago yeah it's yes. a super cool spot that's that's one that's one place I'd recommend good one yeah well, you directed the short film Urban Oasis, A Love Letter to San Francisco. How did that project start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that project started. I was uh, the producer on it and the director and kind of the brains behind it all was a very good friend of mine, Ryan Skura, who lives in the, lives in the city in the, the inner sunset. For ye- We'd worked together on a movie where we went back to Ireland and did a movie on the Irish mountain uh, running community there. But then he'd always we lived here and we both were part of this running group the november project and so we both ran around the city exploring the city on our two feet and he always wanted to tell the story of like because a lot of people don't know about the beautiful trails we have in the city a lot of people outside san francisco don't realize it's a beautifully running city a lot of people in the city 
don't know about Laguna Honda. They don't know about Bayview Hill. They don't know about a lot of these amazing places. So he really wanted to tell that story in a short film. Um, for years he dreamed about it and then just like about two years ago he was like lads it's time we do it and we didn't have any sponsors it was just we got a few friends of ours he's he's um, he is a, a filmmaking company called Dooster and his best one of his best friends uh, who lives in, in Portland, Maine and the lads flew in as well we had one of our good friends filmmaker here Tony DiPascali who lives in, in California Street uh, we all came together and spent a week shooting this film and it's such a blast and yeah we really wanted to elevate what we have on our doorstep I really appreciated the scene it was my favourite where somebody's running and the F car goes yeah. by yeah 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 best. yeah I like the sound design on it too because there's no narration there's no like Morgan Freeman telling yeah. you what to feel yeah. it's all the sounds of the city yeah. and the breathing of the runners and the hitting of the feet yeah. on the ground and it becomes almost percussive yeah. and then just visually so beautiful like the city's just telling you yeah. the story itself yeah that was a big kind of a, uh, debate we had whether to put music into it or but then I kind of everyone agreed that it was uh, doing the sounds of the city is the most effective way about telling people about the city the contrast of the city the urban space and the wilderness. It was funny while we were doing that. So Dylan, who came across from Portland, he was the main sound recording guy. And he, for the footsteps he had, we were with one of our friends, Kat Koo, who was in the film. He had her running circles around him while he, while he filmed just to like get the, the sound. But then I think one of my roles that had kind of came up throughout it, I was like very observant of the, I think maybe I was more observant about the animals and the flora and fauna around than the rest of the guys were because they were concentrating on shooting. I was the only person without a camera. So I was like, guys, coyote, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, little bird, come on, look at it. Um, So it almost became a nature documentary at one stage. (laughs) Speaking of random sounds, it's actually good luck on the Total SF podcast when a laughing child Child just like like walks by. You know, the mother, I think, just corralled her and I'm like, no, just leave her here. (laughs) Let her laugh throughout. Yeah. And she's wearing a little princess (laughs) That's such a cool dress. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm running Dipsy. Uh, let's explain for listeners what is the Dipsy Race. So the Dipsy Race is a historic event. It's is this its 112th or 113th year? I think. I think 112th. It started in year. 1905, and then they had a couple a breaks, yeah. like the war and the pandemic. Yeah. So it's the oldest trail race in the U.S. The only race that's older is the Boston Marathon. So it's pretty historic. It is a short race. It originally started as a challenge, I think, for these guys in the Olympic Club. But they wanted to challenge each other to see who could run quickly, quickest from Mill Valley to Stinson Beach across Mount Tam. Um, at the time, it was like a direct. You had to. Uh, it was a shortcut. Whatever you took, the shortest way possible. Since they've still kept a couple of shortcuts, but you have to follow generally the Dipsy Trail. Um, so the race is seven miles long, but it's chunky. It's got like twenty-five hundred feet of climbing. So there's a lot of hills in it as well. Um, but the unique thing about it is it's age and gender handicapped, where the oldest people, the 80 and above men, 16 above women, eight below, eight and below uh, girls, seven and below boys. I think I might have that right, or it might yeah. be subtly off. Where they start the oldest first, and then every minute they let off a new batch of people. They'll start women before men, so it's kind of they've tried to balance it every year, where like the best of each age group and gender will be finishing right around the same time. 
and it's the first person to cross the line wins. Yeah. So they do it over 25 minutes, and then 25 minutes later, they have the 20, 25 year old men are let off. So like one year it could be an eight. Year. In the hundred anniversary, it was a battle between from the first wave there was a 68 year old woman Melody and an eight year old girl Riley who were just battling wow, it out that's so cool. for the win and. It, there's a video of there's a film on YouTube so go f- go look for that the Dipsy Centennial uh, film and um, but it was just an epic battle. Who yeah. won? I can't tell you. I can't oh. ruin it. <laughs> can't ruin it. But um, it could have been eight year old like it said six year old men have won it last year. A, a man in his twenties Eddie Owens won it for the first time in like 30 40 years. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it just has amazing history. But like it's chaotic. They you start the theory at the slowest first, yeah, but then you, you have fifteen hundred people. You came in second last year, and you started near the back. You have a one-minute yeah. handicap. I had two. I had two. two. Okay. Yeah. But um, the guy who won it had a one minute, so he was one minute ahead of me. But he still beat me by like a minute and a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun because like the, you start, you have to pass hundreds of people on a single track with rocks, and roots, and lots of poison oak. How do you pass like little kids and, and old ladies without being a jerk? There's a lot of people end up being jerks in this race. <laughs> yeah, you g- gently request by shouting, on your left! Yeah. And then charge on through. Um, I think the most important thing is to do, kind of do it with a smile and just like everyone recognize that like, yeah, it's kind of all part of it. Yeah. So you try to be gracious with every person you pass or anyone that passes you. I think that's an important thing about it. How many people did you pass? So I would have started because they have, if it's your first year doing it, they give you a 25 minute penalty. So there's two groups, the invitational group for the first 750 and then the runner section for the 750 and they're over first 25 minutes and the second 25 minutes. So I started at about 24 minutes after the first runner. So I would have had to pass around six, 600. What's your favorite memory? My favorite memory, there's two of them. Um, my first year doing it, uh, I was in the runner section, the back section, and they give an award for the fastest person to finish from the runner section, from the penalty section. And I didn't know where I was in that. And as it was about two miles to go, or actually, a little far, it was actually before cardiac, but three miles to go. I pass. I'd heard I was the second-placed runner, and I see like this eight-year-old kid ahead of me, and I pass him about two miles to go, and I pat him on the back and say, "Good job." And he went to me, "Great job as well." Aww. And uh, that kid, Erhan Elliott, he ended up finishing like a little bit behind me, but he was the second-placed person from the runner section. The following year, it took me like an extra mile or two to catch him. So then, like, because we were both in the invitational section, he ended up. That year I ended up coming tenth, and I must have passed him with about a mile to go. But we high five yeah. as when we passed each other, and then we took a great photo at the finish line. Uh, got to meet his family, so that was super cool. So you make little dipsy friends yeah, along the way exactly. while you're suffering. Enemies and friends. Yeah, <laughs> frenemies. <laughs> uh, what's your best advice to a theoretical new runner to the dipsy who is terrified? Not like anyone here. <laughs> <laughs> Not poor enough. Uh, Embrace the terror, I think. No, no, the best advice, um, enjoy it. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. They're like, you're, 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 there's parts of it you're going to be like, why on earth did I sign up for this? <laughs> but then just acknowledge that you did sign up for it and you did this to yourself. Uh, enjoy every bit of it. Enjoy the pain. Enjoy the, the joy. It's, you're going to feel everything in, those, in that, that hour, hour and a half that you're out there. Um, just recognize everyone's in the same place. And the finish line at Stinson Beach is not too far ahead, and you'll get there. You'll get there pretty soon, and then you've just got you've got a couple hours just to have fun with everyone and embrace what you just did and what you, the historic thing you just got to be part of, <laughs> and then recognize that you get to do that every year. Keep keep qualifying, keep getting we'll, back we'll in. See. Hopefully, <laughs> we're, we're going to take it one year at a time. Yeah. 
Um, I'm rooting for you. I want you to win this race. What should I say to you when you blow past me? When you do your on the left and then yeah. blow past me, what 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 motivational things should I shout at you? Oh my as God. you're going in the distance farther and farther away. Stop feeling sorry for yourself, Patty, and hurry. <laughs> go, 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 go. When I do races in Europe, like the fun thing about trail running for me, I've got to travel to a lot of different countries and there's different cheers and chants yeah. from different countries. So I think the Spanish, they're like, animo, animo, animo is one thing they say. Or in the French, they're like, ale, ale, ale. So maybe shout ale, ale, ale. Ale, 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 all right. Yeah. There's no Irish, you know. No Irish, what would you, what would you say in Irish? Paddy abu, which means go Paddy or Paddy. Paddy abu, you could say that. that. Um, oh, my Irish teacher will kill me for not uh, having a better response to say there. That's all right. <laughs> well, you've survived our very serious questions, and now it's time for the lightning round. Oh, God. Where's your favorite place in the city to get a burrito? Uh, favorite place in the city to get uh, Taqueria Las Mayas on Clement, 3rd thir- and Clement. Um, they have a plantain burrito with chicken mole that's Ooh. tremendous. And their mango salsa. So good. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? My favorite movie filmed in San Francisco is not The Rock. It's not The Rock? That's uh, a good pick if it is. Inside Out. Not technically not filmed in San Francisco, but modeled off of it. Inside yeah, Out. I absolutely love that film. I thought you'd say Urban Oasis, a love letter to oh, San Francisco. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> Inside Out is a great choice, and it is a very San Francisco movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Um... See, I'm more of a soft. I'm not a soft drink. Uh, minerals. I'm, I'm. I'm a pint person. You so, can say uh, pint. So, a good pint of Guinness. Honestly, the three bars I mentioned. Yeah. Um, casements. I really like casements just for the vibes in there. Yeah. And they do good. They have good whiskey. Good whiskey selection in there. So if and cocktails, if stiff drink is your is your thing. So casements on a, on overall mission. What was your first concert? My first concert. The park, the other really good park, Phoenix Park in Dublin, does great open air concerts, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Mumford and Sons and oh, yeah. Edward oh, Sharp. Yeah. I saw them at Chase Center. Yeah, and yeah. Edward Sharp at the Magnetic Zeros is that the name? I saw them live, and it was super cool. It's just one of the few sunny afternoons in Ireland. It was yeah. great. The way you feel about rock, the rock informing everything about San Francisco is the way I feel about you two in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. and I know that's wrong and probably the wrong way to come in, but just like everything. I, I love you two. They, like Bono gets a lot of, gets a lot of grief because yeah. of like all the, the, uh, the, the good, they're like, ah, oh, yeah. Bono gets a lot of grief, but I, I, you two are great. What's the longest race you've ever run? 110 miles. <sighs> Whoa! Yeah, around Mont Blanc, the Ultra Trail to Mont Blanc. I thought it was only meant to be like 104, and it got oh, to well, 104. I mean, that would have been a breeze. And I was like, oh god, there's still like six <laughs> miles to go. I still have another mountain. How long did that take you? It took me 26 hours. Oh my oh goodness! My god, that I was hoping like for torture. around 20, and then my stomach went around 10 hours in, and then I had 16 hours where I could only drink Coca-Cola and soup to do the second half, and that was horrible. But it was great. Got to the end. Yeah. It sounds great. It's, <laughs> I'll sign up again. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, and good luck to both of you with the Dipsy. I will be home sitting on the couch. Will you text me at least to see if I'm alive? <laughs> yes. See if you are the sole host of Total SF. Yes, I'm sitting I will. on the couch thinking, what are those idiots doing? I am stressed, but I really appreciated you and all the other Dipsy people that I've talked to have been so supportive. So I feel like. I kind of feel like I'm joining a cult, but it's a really supportive cult. It's 
such and a tremendous community. Yeah, and it has been for years. That's the cool thing about it. What you're gonna witness, what you're gonna witness when you're out there, just like the volunteers out there who do it every year, like just the the buzz around the event at the start line throughout the race when you might not remember it because you're gonna be like blacked out running yeah. too hard. Uh, and at the finish line, it's it's a really special thing and something everyone in San Francisco should should witness. Go witness the Dipsy sometime, and you'll feel better leaving it. It's it's pretty pretty damn cool. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on Total SF, and uh, I will see you in a few days. I'll see you on the start line. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. <laughs> Loved it. I miss that so much.